It's Friday, October 29th, 2021, and it's The Relevant Podcast in a remote location in the Appalachian Mountains. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, just up Route 71, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Uh, from Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, speaker, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What up, though? How are y'all doing? It's the spooktacular edition of the Relevant Podcast, October 29th. It's the last show before Halloween, which we have put more emphasis on this demonic holiday than any Christian podcast <laughs> look, look, should. I, but I'm glad you brought that up right here because there's something we need to discuss. I don't know, you know, I don't know if you guys ever watch horror movies or just just for the, you know, I, I'll sometimes watch the old ones just for nostalgia, you know, because I liked the one when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But you always think like, why is the prison transfer of Mike Myers on Halloween night? Like, why are we transferring the guy from prisons the night that he committed the murders all those years ago? And sure enough, he escapes. It's happened like three times. Okay, let's just not have transfer prison transfers on Halloween night. Why don't Why don't we let the the jail transport folks go out trick or treating? Because it seems pretty like a great opportunity for Michael Myers to once again slip away and just walk down the street in a mask, and everyone's think he's just out for Halloween. And he goes on a murder spree. So that's where my mind is. Where I watch these, and now I look at Cameron right now. Now. And he is what he looks like. He is in, you know, essentially a wooded cabin. Who goes to a remote log cabin in the mountains on Halloween night? Okay. Like Cameron is the guy in the movie. It's like, well, I don't know what, I don't know what crazy thing is going to befall him. What sort of mask entities are going to be peeping in the window, but you're in a remote cabin in the mountains on Halloween night. Cameron, I don't Dude, feel like a lot of foresight went into this. This area is just all like apple orchards and pumpkin patches oh, and quaint no, little Americana ladies. and old people at the deli. It's not a Mike Myers roaming the woods sort of locale. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's how, Cameron, it makes me feel like, and I know this about you, you don't watch horror movies. They all start in some idyllic wooded town. <laughs> like it's, Everything's just fine it, up until the murderer, is the, mur- the witch murders happen and they escape into the woods and, that, those we- and weird symbols made of like sticks and twine starts showing up hanging in the doorway. <laughs> Everything's great up until that point. Hey, hey, there wasn't a scarecrow in that apple orchard earlier today, was there? <laughs> it's kind of crazy. It's, it's actually kind of crazy because when you think about it, I thought there's no, there's no scary movies that are based in the hood, except for Candyman and Leprechaun Candyman. in the Hood. Yeah, that's right. true. Those are the only those are only two, and because I, the I darkness of the woods is creepy by itself, and I think that exactly. they can easily play into that. D- Derek, I guess it's just like, yo, the hood is scary enough. We don't need no masked <laughs> man with a knife running around. <laughs> <in the joint. laughs> but, but here's the here's the other thing too. There might be another reason for that. Is like you know, in a lot of like high pop density population areas, you know, like you know, different kind of urban areas and stuff. Yeah. You're gonna get if you have one person cracking jokes, there is it's not scary anymore. You know what I mean? Right. All it takes is one person to like make fun of the serial killer walking down the hall, like, <laughs> man, man, is that as fast as you can go? You know what I mean? Like, like bro, all it I'm takes to defuse you right the now, whole situation. If Michael you know? Myers pulled up to the hood, bro, he getting cooked. Why are you gonna kill people in your work clothes, bro? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey. 
Hey, bro, so wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, he definitely go get cooked. Michael Myers would probably just drop the knife and just go home. He's just like, you know what, man? I ain't killing none of y'all. Y'all... Y'all hurt my feelings. But see, Jesse, you're, you're making, you're confirming why I don't point. watch scary stuff. Point. Because yeah. I'm here enjoying the crisp fall air and the lovely, colorful leaves. My son and I are going on hikes. We're spending time together. We're yeah. talking. It's a lovely experience. You're Never once occurred to me that it's, I need to keep my eye on the scarecrow in the field down there because well, I don't. Well, my mind doesn't go to the dark spaces. You it does. doesn't do that in Friday the Thirteenth either. But you see how those turn out. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and, and everyone, hey, everyone thought they were just out for a good week at summer camp before a guy in a hockey mask and a chainsaw shows up, Cameron. There's, you've learned nothing from these films. They've been trying to warn you. Hey, go enjoy a wooded cabin any weekend of the year. Avoid Halloween because there's probably, you know, every one of those outings, the scarecrow witch killer is just peeping out of the apple right. orchard, seeing who the next ritualistic prey is. So I just I just imagine I just imagine uh, Jason coming out the lake in the middle of the hood. <laughs> about to go kill everybody and then some kids look at his shoes and they busted and they're just like what are those <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus Jesus Jesus. 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 just like you guys are jerks you're jerks <laughs> and it, like but then it, but Jesse is absolutely correct like these people are like that it's scary movies are awful because people are going out there for romance teenage love it's like a, a father son outing or something like that and then you got a crazy serial killer with a crazy mask and the biggest machete of all time trying to kill them for an hour and a half that is an awful experience I, I'm with you Cameron I don't really watch scary movies I, I don't that's watch just, scary not, it's not my thing it's not my thing I can't I don't do it but every time I'm in like a remote location I, I am like, if I were a serial killer, killer I'm not. If I were, Thank I'm you. going to a remote location to find somebody. And so that's yeah. what I always think about when I'm alone. And mm. Aaron, my husband's like, this is amazing. This is so beautiful. Isn't this wonderful? And I'm like, yeah, this is where they come for us. This is it. The end of our life tonight. This yeah. is it. Y'all is that because you watch bad. scary movies? No, just because I'm aware that if I was a serial killer, that's what I would do. But you're oh, a worrier okay. too, though. I'm you, a worrier, and I, yeah. I have worst case scenario. I know what's going to happen before it yeah. happens. So yeah, I'm going to uh-huh. figure that out for What'd us. What'd you say, Cameron? Are y'all going to feel real bad if something tragic happens <laughs> oh, in the next man. couple of days? And I'm this not... podcast is out there. Y'all are making jokes, and then they find out they Google me, and they find out that this Christian media guy was murdered in rural Georgia. Oh I ain't going to feel bad. I'm like his butt shouldn't have been out there October 31st, <laughs> bro. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Like you ain't following the rules. Like, like it's like, man, you, you there's a whole year. It's 52 weeks in the year. It's and the year peak. you pick the time you pick to go to the woods is the time I, when the serial killers. I, really, I looked at the calendar and was like, when is the peak fall color? I'm raising a kid oh, in Florida. We don't have seasons. Color. We don't have seasons ah. down there. Yeah. So I wanted him to experience fall, something fall different. For sure. It's basically you're just serial killer haunted person bait. It's like entrapment. <laughs> going to Florida people. Going to a remote cabin in the woods on Halloween weekend is entrapment for serial killers. It's just not fair nice. what you're doing to them, you know? Yeah, it, it's like what if a serial killer like like Jason or whatever was trying to change his ways and the camera's just like 
throwing it out there for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mike Myers is like, Mike Myers is like, look, man, Great. it's Halloween night. I escaped from prison again. It's just too tempting to be in the suburbs. Okay, there's too many, there's too many babysitters out here. Like, oh, I, uh, I just need to go to the woods where I won't. No one's crazy enough to go to the woods for Halloween. I'll be there. Well, I won't have any murder temptation. I'm no murder for temptation. A murder-free Halloween this year. I just got to get out of town. That's all it's going to take. Hey, he's meditating out in the woods somewhere. Camera, camera just walking and then by. And there's a dad and a son looking at the leaves. Son, look at these fall colors. With a Bluetooth speaker banging Andy Minio, he's messing up his friend, messing up his zen. He's like, oh he's, like, he's like, son, we can turn up as loud as we want. There's no one out here this weekend. No one can hear us scream. I'm sorry, no one can hear us play music. That's what I'm <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, if if we make it, this will be a fun show. It'll be a really sad and ironic oh, show if you find out have, later that I do have one other thing I wanted to. Yes, please. Uh, yes, please. We we all we all you know we okay. So Cameron, you're doing this as a, as a weekend away with Cohen, a little father son time. Yeah, a little a little weekend. You'll always look back on this beautiful, in all seriousness, autumn weekend where you and Can uh, 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 Cohen thwarted the plot of a serial killer. Right. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great, great memory. It's a story you can tell. He can tell right. his grandchildren. Now, Jamie, <laughs> I noticed something that you were spending some quality time with one of your children lately, and in the form of a TikTok video. It wasn't the Applebee's country song. Which was no, we're working kind of, on that one. Don't worry, Jesse. Are you doing the Applebee's yeah, one? Yeah, we've been watching the videos. Like working on Applebee's fancy line. Uh-huh. Date night. Listen, hey, say what you will. It's that's a catchy song, and I <laughs> and it has made me want Applebee's. I will I like real talk. Everything he names on there, like a milkshake or whatever, I'm like, you know, Applebee's gets a pretty bad rap. That sounds like yeah. a pretty great affordable date night. But you did another one of these kind of you know uh, uh, pop country songs. Mm-hmm. I appreciated the efforts in the video, um, but I don't, but, but, you know, I was a little conflicted because I'm like, I'm a, I'm a goofy guy. I don't know if I'm doing TikTok dance videos. How much convincing did, whose idea, was it you, Jamie, that was like, story, can we do a TikTok dance video? Because my suspicions were, and looking at the enthusiasm on both of your faces, Jamie was very enthusiastic and excited. Yeah. Mom's your, idea. Your, yeah. your daughter seemed borderline frustrated at your abilities and <laughs> very focused on pulling the right moves. And I couldn't tell very, whose idea this was. Very frustrated with my abilities. I'll tell you that much. Um, you know, I that thought was it was fun family bonding, you know. And so my husband's cooking. Story and I do the video. It was your idea. And, um, it was your idea, though, wasn't it? It, it was my idea. But, but I'm, I got something in my back pocket, Jesse, that we did. We tried out. We'd done another one with my dad the other day. So no. uh, I'll be posting that soon. Don't oh, surrender. Generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm holding that one out. But yeah. Uh, but I want to do the fancy like one. But listen, I don't have rhythm. I'm not. I don't have that in my life. And I have. I was spent an hour and 15 minutes watching a video. A dance instructor try to teach me how to do that 15 second video. And I still am not prepared to do can, it. So can I be honest with you? I Because I watched it repeatedly to try to bring some constructive choreography criticism i think you're overthinking it jamie i could tell i could see on your face like she's going one two three four one two three four you look like someone like trying to count cards for the first time like it was it looked very i was like jamie i think it's a little looser i think i think you you, you think you're overthinking this a little it's this it it looks like she's trying to pull the queen's gambit you know trying to figure out how to pull a chess move jesse listen i'm gonna tell you that you're not off on this you were right 
um, and, and all those things that you said about me, they are all true. Yes. Derek, <laughs> you're working on your new, yeah. you're, you're working on your new album right now. Do yeah. you think in the back of your mind about the 15 second viral clip? Like, like, it was like Andy Minio's, uh, you can't stop me when right. hugely viral on TikTok. Uh, do you think about that as you're making new music? Like to get those little earworms that people are going to latch onto? I probably should, but no. I, uh, if you honestly, want, me and my daughter, we can come up with a no, TikTok dance no, for no, you. No, we're good, we're good. He's like, I'm okay. Uh, nah, I, 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 <laughs> one, two, three. All the 40-year-old white women will love it. Andy, Andy is very much reminds me of Drake. He's just really gifted at creating uh, cultural moments. Like, you mm. can't stop me. Or the new video he has where they like doing the yeah. 50 Cent and all that stuff. It's, they it's reenact just, all these iconic uh, hip hop album covers. Yeah, it's just I crazy. Mean, it's just memeable moment after memeable moment. Like, he's just really good at that. I just think it's just your brain has to work that way. I think. I think your brain has to work that way. For me, if anything goes viral, I'll tell you it was on luck. It was just, <laughs> <laughs> it was accident for sure. I just wonder, like, I wonder if artists are like consciously creating for specifically that mega short TikTok clip. They are like, they should yeah. be now. Oh no, they are. There's, there's tons of artists that do that. I just kind of feel like, uh, I, I for me, it's, not, it's just like, for me, it just has to be organic and my brain doesn't really think in that way. So, yeah. um, you know, that's the thing. You just got to make your art and let it, let it ride where it rides. But yeah, not nah, a like, lot of years. A lot of your stuff is perfect for like TV placement, commercial stuff like yeah. that. Like, but that TikTok thing is a different beast. It's a different you know? beast, yeah. different animal. You have to be able to think in that way. So you kind of got to just find out what's your lane mm-hmm. and just kind of stick with it. So I found out my lane is more cinematic. So mm-hmm. I kind of just lean in there and just stay mm-hmm. there. Because you, you've had it like in like Madden and video games and and stuff yeah. that has that sort of. He, he was over at my house. We were watching the NBA draft this summer, and he's like on his phone. He's just looking down. I'm watching whoever's picking, and he just without even looking up, he just goes, "That's me." And I was like, it's like music was playing on the highlight clip yeah. of this stud player. And he's like, didn't even look up. He's just like, oh, that's me. I guess I grabbed the new track. You know, like yeah. and he told me Jerry, the name of the track. He knew everything about it. He didn't know it was going to happen, though. Do you yeah. make good money on royalties from that? I'll be honest. Um, in my opinion, that's where the money is. That's, that's where the money is, man. In my opinion. It, well, you're a businessman. Well, you know, you. I'll take it back. I'll take it back. No, it, the money is wherever the money is at. But the mm. thing I love about Sync personally is it has very little to do with clout and more to do with usability, right? Mm. So, like, m- making it on TikTok is more about clout, right? Uh-huh. It's like, is it cool or whatever? Like, the Sync is more about does it fit the mood? So, I'm a very mm. mood-based type artist. So, that's why I think that stuff works for me. I'm able to create different mm-hmm. vibes and sounds, right? So yeah, but that for me that has been the man. It's it's a it's been a huge blessing being able to do stuff. Have for you TV ever created something specifically for something, or is someone always coming and getting your music for what they've already created? It's a combo, yeah. Okay. So a lot of times people will come and commission. I've had people commission whole albums and say, "Hey, wow. I need an album that's based for this type of stuff," and then they just use different pieces off the album. And I've also had people say, "Hey, we got." Um, this commercial we're looking for this texture and this sound and if i yeah. have it i'll send it or i'll make it and and it'll happen so we had i had something like that it was on a friday night lights or uh was the uh uh no hard knocks it was on mm-hmm. that they were like we're looking yeah. for 
this certain sound and we you know provided that and it got on hard knocks the beautiful thing that it's that it gives artists like you derek is freedom because like now you can be yourself on twitter and if conservative church venues don't want to bring you in as a small artist you're like listen my income stream is elsewhere i do not need to pander to your expectations Uh, i can be myself as an artist make art i believe in and then you know support yourself through other channels and just the christian music industry which is freeing i can imagine yeah for sure you know there's been a lot of changes obviously we know as far as in uh christian culture not and at times i definitely was worried for a minute like man what what am i gonna have to do am i gonna have to be a different version of myself or whatever and sync just kind of opened up an opportunity for me to just make music i like making and and then what i what i tell people is it's allowed me to take my music back make Mm. it more honest and liberating and people who want it want it and the ones that don't don't i love it yeah well we have a great show in store for you today coming up later longtime friend of the relevant podcast john mark mcmillan joins us love him incredible artist always fun to have him on also we have your feedback uh it's your last minute halloween costume ideas uh but right now stay tuned up next it's relevant news Getting closer, but we're trying to be friends. If we start, it might never end, so we keep tiptoeing. You're listening to Hope Tala. The song is Tiptoeing. All right, it's time for Relevant Please welcome to the show Relevant Senior Editor Tyler Huckabee, telling us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Hey, Tyler. Hey, everybody. What's going on? All right. So this was a, this story, uh, we, is something that we wrote about. It's sort of a, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the headline and Cameron, you and I already discussed this a little bit earlier this week, but some of our reporting on this has gotten passed around a bit. And I think it's sort of, uh, instructive, not only for this story, but also just sort of what, for what reading the news in general can look like in, uh, in 2021 here. So I'm going to read a headline. That's good. That's going to sound very shocking. And I want you to know that this is not the actual slice itself. This is just sort of the lead in. But here's the headline that Newsweek ran with in a story earlier this week. Uh, It says nearly 40 percent of U.S. Gen Z's and 30 percent of young Christians identify as LGBTQ polls show. All right. So according to Newsweek, this Newsweek headline, 40% of Gen Z's and 30% of young Christians identify as LGBTQ, according to this poll. Think about that real this quick. Almost half. Yeah. yeah. Almost half of kids in high school and college would be, according to this headline, and then a third of millennial and Gen Z Christians, one out of three so just think about yeah, that. Yeah. So that is so and, and on the surface, I can see why this got passed around a lot because it sounds kind of like, oh, kids these days, you never know what the kids are, you know, what the youths are up to. It has that sort of like, like sort of like panicky, like, oh, no, everything's changing so quickly. And mm-hmm. and uh, you've got Newsweek, which fairly reputable, you know, service. People know the name Newsweek. It doesn't this doesn't sound like, you know, one of those weird Facebook 
uh, news sources that people go to a lot. And uh, and the poll was actually conducted, even if you look at it, conducted by George Barna. The name Barna, obviously, associated with the Barna Research Group, a very trusted research group uh, here, uh, especially on faith matters. So it, it sounds pretty good. But when you peek under the hood a little bit, you start to see a lot of problems with this poll. And that's kind of what I want to focus on, is, is how these narratives can take hold in a way that's just really, really unhelpful, especially for really important conversations like this one. So uh, so first up, yes, uh, societal ideas around sex and gender definitely changing, not disputing that at all. And more people do identify today as LGBTQ than have in years past. It's actually really hard to get solid numbers on how many people identify as LGBTQ. The most recent Gallup poll found that uh, found that around a little over maybe their estimate is about 16% of young Americans identify as LGBTQ. 16%. So Gallup's poll would be an enormous outlier, obviously, on this. Almost, they found almost twice as many kids who identify as gay, lesbian, queer, trans, or bisexual that Gallup did and Gallup's sort of the standard bear, one of the standard bears for taking polls here in the U.S. Uh, and then, so that, so right there, if you have an outlier, that means you got to do more research. They, that means that that George Barna needs to go back and figure out why he's finding so many more. Now, when I looked at the questions that they asked to get to this number, it, it really, for me, raises more questions than answers. And I want to get you guys' reaction to the actual questions that were being asked in this survey. Uh, so this is coming from George Barna, who runs now what's called the Cultural Research Center. This is not the actual Barna group. He's moved on from that and runs this thing called the Cultural Research Center, it, which operates Barna out of Arizona Christian. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. Barna groups, Barna groups doing good work, actually. It's led by Dave Kinnaman. The weird, the weird yeah. thing is, so the Barna Group is actually, it was founded by George Barna as a research group. Uh, he wanted to retire, I think is the story. And uh, his mentee, who is leading the organization, uh, Dave Kinnaman, who's a friend, uh, ended up taking it over and buying it for him. Then George was going to retire or maybe write some books. But the Barna Group was living on under new leadership and has done a lot of new stuff in that time. I think, and this is just a personal observation, I think George is maybe a little bit more conservative and maybe felt that the direction the Barna group was going was a little bit more woke and liberal than he would have done. And so he started a, another organization doing research and stuff and polling. And so now you have the Barna group out there that George Barna is not associated with. And you have George Barna doing stuff under a different name. And it's all very confusing. So just just to clarify, I don't want to muddy the waters here, but just to clarify, George Barna is still doing Barna research, but the Barna research Barna is doing is no longer for Barna, right? I mean, is that pretty much <laughs> yes. it, Tyler? Yes. I think I'm tracking. Clear, okay. You've got yeah. Very, yeah. okay, that's, very clear. that's very, the headline. You should have just said that. <laughs> so here's the question george barna not barna research group george barna asked okay it's a it's the question is thinking about your commitments would you describe yourself as all right so thinking about your commitments which right there your what does that mean what is it what are you what what kind of commitments we're talking mean? about so right there not a ton of clarity well i promised I, I, I promised i would cut the grass this weekend i do know that um <laughs> Thinking about your commitments, would you describe yourself as? And here are the six responses that are allowed: uh, searching for purpose in your life, okay. believe all religious faiths are of equal value, 
an American patriot feel anxious, depressed, or unsafe, deeply committed to practicing your faith, prefer socialism to capitalism, or LGBTQ. Okay, can you, you choose more? So you yeah. said those are the six things you could pick. Either one. Those of? are the six. Those are your six so options. You check all that apply, probably. Like yeah, I'm you check a all patriot. The, yeah. all that you check all that so thinking of your commitments, and LGBTQ is one. So you can say like I support them, right. and yeah. you get get confused by the wording. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's just sloppy. Am I committed to the group? Do I consider myself to yeah. be one of these right. people? Uh, am I an LGBTQ supporter and a socialist? Yeah. Or yeah. am I, like there's there's no this is not the most uh, it, it, it's a proof of how and this is what I'd say this it seems like a survey that's really designed to create a headline because uh-huh. all yeah. of these things would have some sort of like oh only a third of young Americans consider themselves patriots in right. 2021 like whatever it is you're going to get some sort of weird narrative or, uh, out of it and if you use the sort of methodology then of course you're going to get an interesting sort you know this is the, the then you'll have some sort of headline no matter what it is but you don't have a lot of clarity on what it means to be thinking about your commitments i consider myself to be whatever lgbtq you have six options to choose from here and then they can just really run with whatever headline they want to so for newsweek to just take this which is already wildly off base with other studies about how many kids do consider themselves to be gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual, or queer in the U.S. and go at that sort of headline without questioning or or making it clear that there's an enormous grain of salt that needs to be taken with this is, is pretty irresponsible on their part. And that's why we ran this because the right. headline clickbaity. Mm-hmm. But see, we know from our own experience creating articles, creating media, that people will sound off in the comments or share with disparaging comments. They'll share a piece of ours without reading it. They'll read the exactly. headline and then give their hot take. And then it's like, okay, we see this happening all the time. Well, that's what this is doing. And it's like, we we're kind of sounding the alarm to our audience like listen you can't just be a clickbait headline reactionary type of a you need to be more thoughtful as we engage information especially about the world we live in can you can you ask smarter questions can you look a little bit more deeply at it like hopefully if we can start like shining the spotlight on this this trend and i mean this this is just sham this is stupid this is clickbaity this like you said they rigged the questions to try and get sensationalized headlines out of it and it's just like come on what were they trying to ascertain like is that clear not clear Okay. Not, not clear. It's really not clear. Uh, what I can tell you about that is that this. But, but think survey, about it. If they have an agenda, if he has an agenda saying we're going to try and show that the majority of America is patriots, or we're trying to show mm-hmm. the woke that the you know whatever, I, every one of those options seemed like it had an agenda behind mm-hmm. it even being on the list. And so, to me, I think it was just him trying to like rev up the you know, kind of persecuted Christian conservative crowd to say, you know, to say, look, we're being, society yeah, the, is evil the, and the we're being victimized. Is taking over. Yeah. The, 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 the survey was done in partnership with a group called the Foundations of Freedom. What uh, Newsweek said that this is a nonprofit that promotes conservative values. So, you know, there, there's, if you're looking for an agenda, there it is. I dug into this group a little bit, really hard to find much about them. I don't know who they are, how they're funded, what they do, really. There's a website that has only their name on it, and that's about as far as it goes. So wow. that doesn't 
you know, raise any red flags. Yeah. Or anything yeah. Like yeah. That. You know, Tyler, this does explain why I got a very confusing uh, SMS text call, poll question from the new Barna. Uh, oh yeah, and it was. Yeah, what it was, was it? two questions. It was please answer as truthfully as you can. One of two options: yeah. Do you think the old Barna is super lame? Or the other <laughs> option was: How great is? Or do you think the new Barna is just the really awesome? Barna. I mean, it was a tough one. It was a tough one, but I can't wait to see the results. But it does explain the confusing nature of the question. So glad to get some context for that. You know, I, I feel like I just the. The empath in me mm-hmm. makes me feel like, man, how does how does it feel to be, you know, and, and maybe I think just as a black person, I connect with this, too. But for the LGBT community, like this has to suck to be constantly sure like a a, a, a pressure Partisan. point. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. it's like the, the goal of this has nothing to do with getting to any type of fact or truth. It's really the goal of it is just to really kind of just. Bring division, yeah. make enemies. Poke on up, poke, poke. To, to scare older people into like you're <laughs> yeah. supposed to be. You're the monster in a horror movie about how bad society is getting. Yeah. Speaking of horror movies, I just looked, and my 12 year old son is outside on the rocking chairs on the porch yeah. overlooking the hills by him. himself on his iPad doing schoolwork. Should I be concerned? Yes. 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 I, I see him out the window. Distracted right now. I see him out the window behind him. I would give him a heads up about that scarecrow man peeking around that tree because he looks, you know, he looks like he's doing some recon. And so, yeah. you know, right. just, just a red flag, up. you know. And I've raised him to be trusting. Yeah, uh, I was yeah. earlier. He said he was, he said he was hanging out with his friend, the smiling man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he just asked me if after he finishes the schoolwork, can he go explore the woods by himself? So we'll see. You know, maybe he I should said, say no to said, that. Yeah. For some reason. Uh, yeah. He said there were kids in colonial era clothing beckoning him into the woods. <laughs> they said something about needing someone to play with them. Yeah, I, I, don't I don't know. Kids. It's probably fine. No, you got some work to get done. You know? It is Halloween. Hey, Cole. Come to Nashville, bro. I'm going to protect you, bro. Dad got you out here down bad, bro. Come, They're chanting about, Nashville. come play with us, Cohen. Come play with us, Cohen. Um, yeah. I don't think, you know, one of them doesn't appear to have any pupils, just all white. I don't, it's probably fine. It's probably just it's clear right up. Okay. I, I think it's probably just an eye thing condition. No wonder he didn't have anyone to play with. It's got those creepy eyes. So go and go have fun. Be a good kid. I don't know why he's dressed like he's. He's coming off the Jamestown uh, settlement, but it should be okay. <laughs> real, real fast. In the interest of being like fully, like giving full credit to everybody involved here, I do want to note that George Barna was was asked about this, uh, about this, the discrepancies between how many kids who identifies LGBTQ that he found and other broader studies. And the answer that he gave is basically that he thinks I'm, I'm going to say this as in as good faith as I can. He thinks that young people today are so lonely that they are saying they're gay just so that they have a community to feel like they belong to. He said young Yikes. Americans are in search of meaning and identifying as gay gives them a sense of purpose. This is a group that doesn't have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Therefore, the LGBTQ identity gives them a sense of comfort. As far as I can tell, that's not based on anything that he asked about. That's a very 
strange speculation <laughs> yeah. to... I'd be very interested to, to know if he actually crap. knows any 12 to 15 year olds and like and knows their life, knows yeah. their... They don't Especially even get up in the morning. That's a, it's a very isolating experience to come out as a... I mean, it's a very... like This is why people are, are scared to do so. So the idea that this would give you a greater sense of community just seems very strange. And it's, in any case... A researcher should probably just not be popping off ideas about why his research isn't making sense with other numbers that we know to be true. You know what this reminds me of? This kind of fear that that um, it seems like conservative older Christians have about the changing you know, ideals in the younger generation reminds me of, and I watched a documentary on this not long ago in the 1980s, the Christian community and really American society was up in arms about Satanism. Yeah. Like, yeah. like there's cults yeah, everywhere. Yeah. They're satanic coming after panic. our kids. The yeah. satanic panic was a thing in the eighties. And I re- I remember like that kind of like, uh, hellfire and brimstone, you know, kind of being taught at church too, you know, like, you know, we're scared of the other, the, you know, the evil, coming to get you and stuff and and, and this feels like that yeah. you know it just feels like the next thing and like yeah. if you had a friend that wore all black they were like oh, yeah. mm-hmm. oh yeah. Satan. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, but but it's not that different from what you see with like the like the QAnon thing right like i mean mm. like people end up conjuring up some boogeyman whether it's a conjuring like satanism yeah conjuring well well, Uh like you guys remember because i was thinking about this the other day like there was a a terrible story from a few years ago about these two little girls who came to believe that slender man like this like creepy pasta internet creation was real and they ended up almost murdering one of their friends because they thought slender man was selling him to do it like in a lot of ways, what we're seeing now, whether it's, you know, these made up things like satanic cults of the eighties or QAnon, it's just grown up slender man. It's, mm. you know, adults suddenly, you know, lose such their, their, their collective fear end up, you know, essentially manifesting into something like some Q conspiracy or some satanic cult conspiracy. And those collective fears are, it's way easier to think that there is some, clearly black and white evil instead of just a collection of nuanced social issues that are difficult and complicated to address. It's much easier just to say, well, it's a cult or there's a cabal Mm -hmm. of pedophiles or, you know, there's, it's gotta be this loneliness epidemic because of big tech or whatever. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. when in reality it's like, Hey, can we just deal with the issues and not just conjure up stuff we read on the internet? Because that's that stuff like that really is, you know, can get really harmful, you know, mm-hmm. and it discredits yeah. it. It discredits the good things that you have to offer. Like, you know, I think because of the conspiracy theories and the and the and the twisted research and things that you've seen from a lot of the conservative circles, all of the good things that that they're able to offer kind of go. You, you're you're mm. like, can I even trust this? Yeah. Like mm. the boy who cried wolf. Mm. If everything is always a. uh a crisis then whenever there's actual real crisis that you know you actually have real facts on no one's going to listen to you Yeah. Mm. yeah 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 well there's a lot more we we've been covering that this week at the site and obviously we're publishing stuff all day every day at the intersection of faith and culture check it out Follow relevant on all the socials and make sure to hit up relevantmagazine.com and your daily internet browsing ritual thanks tyler don't use the word ritual 
Tyler, real quick before you go, have you ever been up to Cameron's cabin? I've only been once. It's not Cameron's cabin. I Airbnb'd this thing, okay, first of all. You, okay, because- I did invite him over. I was like, hey, you're only four hours away. You should come over. Yeah, yeah I, I tried to go there, Cameron, but it was really weird. I was right there and I went uh-huh. and, I, and I knocked on the door and there was nobody there. And then and I was the neighbors came out and I was like, hey, have you guys seen the guy Cameron around? They're like, Tyler, nobody's been in that cabin for a hundred years. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Tyler, I wanted, to, I wanted to go visit him. So I, all I remember is we're hanging out by the fire, you know, yeah. drinking some beverage. Next thing I know, I wake up sewn into a bear suit and uh, it's just one wild night. Let me just say that. Oh my God. I'm glad you're okay. Uh, it was midsummer that that happened. It was a few months back. So, yeah. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, John Mark McMillan joins us. We're ancient history, decapitated king and queen. Are we just living for the pain? Ignoring all the clues, always in some salty mood. Why do we live inside this place You're listening to Small Pools. The song is Ancient History. Well, if you are a longtime listener of this show or just a good person in general, our next guest needs no introduction. John Mark McMillan has been part of the Christian worship community for years, creating some of our favorite songs like King of My Heart and How He Loves, Sloppy Wet Kisses, you know, all the stuff. Uh, we sat down with uh, John Mark to discuss his newest EP. It's called Has It Been You? and how he's been processing life through his music this last year. Here is our conversation with John Mark McMillan. In one sense, like the has it been you is a little bit of uh, the story of my lockdown, you know, of me like working through stuff, especially the first song, the um, deliver, <laughs> deliver me. It's so funny. It's so petty in one sense because it has a big religious and even social justice overtone but it's like also just me like real selfish like get me out of this please god can you please <laughs> end this this is so boring this is yeah. so terrible yeah you know see so very few from the disenchanted distance it's what desperate people do yeah you say that in writing these did you did it help you process what you were going through in a way that was was helpful like do you feel like you you improved your experience at least internally by working through some of this stuff through the songwriting process yes definitely and um i'm really um unaware of myself a lot of times even what i'm feeling like i know i'm feeling something and I don't sure. always know what it is yeah, or why yeah. I'm feeling it. I feel like I'm hypersensitive, but also hyper unself-aware a lot of times. And so the songs, a lot of times I'll write the songs and it's almost like someone else wrote it. And I'll look at the song and be like, well, this is this person trying to say, and I'll analyze them and be like, oh God, this is what I was going through. <laughs> it's really weird that it happens that way. 
I'll write the song not knowing what's going on and step back. And it's like a photograph from a thousand feet above where I'm like walking through it and I don't really know it. And then I look at the song. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, like deliver me. I thought I was just like, let's just write this spiritual, maybe gospel. You know, I feel like people could use, I definitely could use like some (laughs) spiritual help, some like, you know, God help. And, um, then looking back on it, I was like, oh, I was really just asking God to deliver me from this situation that was bothering me. But it has the, you know, of course, has the bigger implication to, um, you know, justice and the world and, you know, salvation and stuff. But uh, but it was funny looking back at that song. And, and the other songs are a little bit that way, too. Trouble down the pipes, some of it you can't resist. Tell me about what led into, because I remember when we talked, uh, it was probably not a little less than maybe seven months ago, eight months ago, something like that. I can't remember when we, when we last talked, but we talked about, you talked to me a little bit about that you'd been meditating a lot on this idea of re-enchantment. Yep. And that was a, that was a really interesting conversation. I I really, I I thought about it a lot after we talked about it. And now you've got a song on the EP called Re-Enchanted World. And I'm wondering if you can, can you walk me through that song a little bit? And I'm curious if that, if that's helped you flesh out some of the ideas you had uh, a little more with a little more substance than you had when we were just kind of shooting the breeze about it back last winter. Yes. So that song really came from a letter that I wrote to my younger self, you know, with hopes that my kids will find it, you know, someday when they're, I mean, I'll still be around when they're 20, but you know, I thought my, <laughs> you know, but I thought put it out there. It'd be really cool if they found it. So I did that and that ended up kind of inspiring the song. Um, re-enchanted world and the idea is really that you can get disillusioned and disenchanted in the world if you get too close to it in a sense meaning if we decide that everything is data and everything is information and we've decided that we mm-hmm. have everything figured out if we sort of suck the mystery out of life then we also remove a lot of the meaning as well and i think that's what re-enchantment is about is about meaning and a about about deciding what meaning is and the i think that we've been led to believe that data is meaning and even in christianity we've decided that certain bible verses are meaning in the just sort of the technical sense right um and like oh yeah i know i can recite this scripture or that scripture i can pull the magic lever and say the magic words so i'm definitely going to heaven right you know and that becomes our mm-hmm. faith and that actually is a pretty disenchanted faith if you think about it there's not much more to it than reciting the magic words if we approach reality as though it's only what we can see and feel and taste and touch then we're going to miss even the things we see feel taste and touch to me um among other things that's that's why we need god it's like we need this um in my opinion among other reasons i'm not trying to reduce it to this But among other reasons, we need this thing beyond the things that are in front of us so that we can kind of reach through our world and experience even the world better. You terrify me with ease and defile. 
songs, in a way, have a little bit something to do with re-enchantment, either specifically or you know in a in a side way. So, Roaring Thunder is about the stories that are bigger than you, right? Um, and if, if you notice, we um, the biggest stories always choose you. Your biggest stories pick you in a sense that like think about all the things you love the most think about all the language you use right like it's all it all either hints at or directly speaks to a loss of agency right a loss of agency well what happens you fall in love you're captivated by this person the book you can't put down the movie you can't walk out of it everything denotes a loss of agency and everything we want the most and that's roaring thunder and so that plays out in this idea of i've probably talked about this before but my daughter we uh we planned to have the boys but we didn't plan to have my daughter she decided she was going to come into the world and it's wonderful you know she (laughs) is not a story i picked but she's a story that picked me and she's one of the greatest stories ever. She's one of the greatest things that's ever happened to my life. You know, this girl, you know, my wife, when I met her, like I didn't plan to fall in love with her. She just walked in the room and I was like, oh, all right, I want to know her, right? So many, you know, with God, it's the same way. Like I didn't really know that I wanted to give my life to Jesus, but I did. And it's been awesome. Loving people is awesome. Trying to love my neighbor has been like a wonderful adventure. Trying to know the unseen, you know, <laughs> creator is fascinating and fun and infuriating. And some obsessed with me. All this time has it been you? was john mark mcmillan make sure to check out his new ep has it been you it's out now You're listening to Wet with Blood Orange. The song is Bound. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you guys for your your Halloween costume ideas. What are you doing this year uh, for Halloween? Maybe it would inspire others who are who haven't come up with clever ideas yet. We actually have a listicle on the site, an article on the site with a whole bunch of suggestions for you that we made up. But here's what you guys told us. Evan Penn, and now I do have a personal story about this. Now, he posted a picture of the famous uh, double denim. uh, It was like for an award show back in 2001 where Justin Mm -hmm. Timberlake and Britney Spears, who were quite the couple at the time, uh, went to some, you know, award show or something wearing a a, as more denim than two people should be allowed to own, much less wear at the same time. Uh, I've wanted to replicate this many times, but don't know how to acquire all that. Okay, Okay. listen, I went to a Halloween party a few years ago and I show up and some friends of mine, so husband and wife are there and they have the exact costumes on. Like, I don't know where they acquired them, but they spent like a lot of time researching how to get the exact fit 
that both uh, uh, JT and Brittany had. Now, here's the problem. If you're at a Halloween party, okay, because this is like a pretty big gathering at like a nice place, you, you know, soon the couple separates and each is doing their own thing. I will say this, mm-hmm. as iconic as the picture of Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears is, and as memefied as it been of them standing together, if you're just solo milling around a <laughs> Halloween party wearing a denim cowboy hat, okay, you don't you don't look like a cowboy and you look like just some very strange creep that just wandered into a Halloween party <laughs> that happened to be wearing this, his Saturday night's best, which was all denim. It does not work unless you stay with your the couple, the whole time that's the thing about couples costumes i can see that you know? yep yeah uh, i mean guys if you you can't go wrong this halloween if you put on some khakis mm-hmm. and a v-neck sweater and put a a, a a whistle around your neck ted lasso you got it uh dan wonderless dan wonderless is like yep. why not just ted lasso yep. it up can, can i ask you one quick question what are your guys's feelings on couples costumes like a matching <laughs> like, i hate them we've never aaron i've never dressed i up. hate them I I used to throw like big Halloween parties in my house just because like almost like ironically because like I never you know grew up church kid I'm not really a Halloween you grew up person. Going to hallelujah parties. Yeah, of course, in church. So so as I'm an adult in, in my single life, I, I've you know opened up my house to my friends, get a couple, get a DJ, have some you know people serving beverages, and it was a good time. Six hundred people would come, five hundred people would come. No costumes, all in costumes. Yeah, yeah, and. There's this one couple that every year they just not one couple, several couples every year over the top, like like almost like they work at the theme parks and they like make costuming. <laughs> I don't get where you can do this. Like they're planning for months, this elaborate themed movie character couples thing. And it's always impressive. But I'm like, who has the time? D- That's my thing. D- Derek, what, what is your you see? You seem like your opposition to the couples costume is pretty firm where I feel like they're very easy. I mean, you could do like the League of Their Own thing and just mm-hmm. cycle that back in every couple of years. A salt and pepper costume for when you're in I a jam mm-hmm. <laughs> or peanut butter and jelly. Literally, I in a jam. hate them. What, what what what? So you're just you like to fly solo costume wise, Derek? Yes. Yes. I, but I'm, I'm also not, I'm not the matching sweater person. I'm not the, mm-hmm. I'm not the, if my wife has a Disney that has the matching shirts uh-huh. for the whole family. Listen, if my yeah. wife has on the same color as me, I'm changing my clothes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, yeah, that's, that's, I'm, I'm we that recently guy. went to a birthday party where they asked everyone to wear all white. So we kind of yeah. were matching because we had on all white. That's different though. If it's like, okay, everybody's yeah. wearing yeah. all white. That's it. But if it's like, I hate like the, the matchy matchy couples that are like both of them are wearing plaid shirt, plaid uh, red plaid shirts and 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 blue jeans and wearing Air Force One sneakers or whatever. It's like stop it! I hate that. Like they, they, they're the people back in the day that had the shared. It's like Jill and you know, it's like the first <laughs> name Facebook. on their Facebook <laughs> account is Jill and Joe James. You know what I mean? It's like okay, here's a hey, if you're on if you're on Facebook or Instagram and it's like John and Judy. As the name John and Judy Thompson or whatever, I'm sorry. John did something. Judy doesn't trust him to have his own account. I'm sorry. That's that's just my two cents. There is I no. Got, re- I got news for you. He's probably got a burner. If that's the case, if that's the case, he's probably got a burner. And you don't know, do it. Don't do it, guys. That's how I feel about the couples costume. I'm like, y'all ain't that happy. Like, y'all, there's no way you did. You, you, you both you did think, the custom costume. No, do you think he didn't so want he's to doing do this it to make her him. happy because he messed up in the past. Yes. Oh, and whatever you want, baby. Yes. Sure, he I'll got, do it. He, yes, he he owe 
That's a, a big uh, speculation. Favor. It's a favor. It's, it, it's, <laughs> it's a thing. You got to win some favor back. That's Barta level speculation. Yes. That is George Barta wild <laughs> speculation territory. So Derek, it's that couple that goes and renews their vows at 10 years because they're really on the rocks oh. and they get divorced a two year later. Oh. The couples, that's Whoa. the couple's costume. Cut. He's just doing it to try to keep her happy, or, but they're really, they're he not, for, they're he not forgot a good place. A birthday or he, you know what I'm saying? Oh. So, like oh, you're going that little. I'm yeah, going. Nah, just I'm not, not going out. I'm just saying, oh, okay. like you, you so, went nuclear a little bit. I'm just, you know what I'm saying. I'm just saying. Maybe he forgot a birthday no, or it was right Adam. Now, you know what I'm saying? There is some woman listening, and her and her husband dress up every year, and now y'all making her think that he only does it because he got some secrets. That's right. I'm about to call him up right now. You better tell me it all. Jen, check his Facebook. <laughs> Jen, that's what I'm saying. Check his Facebook. <laughs> check his emails. There's somebody right now ironing two like Spartan cheerleader Will Ferrell, Molly Shannon matching <laughs> yeah. sweaters. Like, oh, it's gonna be funny. We do this every year. People love yeah. this SNL cheerleaders. They're listening yeah. and be like, I think he's got I think he's got like four secret families hidden around the country. <laughs> hey, Look no. over that burner phone. Listen, listen, as the more elaborate the Halloween costume is, the darker the secret. So oh my gosh. Like, like, so, wow, so if it's really, you. really elaborate, he may be a serial killer up there with Cameron right now. Like, just oh letting gosh. you know, like, just, so just telling you now. Literally, literally next summer, they're going to renew their vows in Sandals, Jamaica. Oh and then, gosh. you know, they're just doing all the stuff they're trying to do because he t- got into trouble. You, yeah. Something ain't right. On to another, co- I, I'll say this. I'll tell you what the scariest costume I've seen all year is. It, Cameron, it's actually that one you have just over your left, right shoulder on that mannequin. <laughs> like, that, that is horrifying. I didn't notice it earlier in the show. That's the it's weird in the part, too. Moving? That's yeah. weird. Why, is it dry clay? Are you airing it out? Is, why is it hanging outside the window, Cameron? <laughs> you just airing it out? Getting some, you know, you get it washed in? Uh, let's see. Jessica uh, KJ7 says all black with a big P on the shirt, black eye makeup and one eye on one eye going as a black eyed P. Black eyed P. There's mm-hmm. so I like that. I like the pun stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Um all right. Well, there's more where that came from. Uh go check out that article. We have it relevant as well if you need some ideas for this weekend. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, we spent a lot of time on this episode talking about my Bonding trip with my son. We're going on a road trip. We wanted to experience the crisp fall air as Floridian. We we just wanted to spend some time together. He it was his birthday last weekend. We do this every year. We go on a trip together and uh, to trying to make memories. Nowhere on Halloween, they, well, go, they, 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 they risk normally their life. we go to like L.A. or New York or whatever. But you know, we but, just want a road trip hey, at this time. There's nothing that brings a father and son together like a good old fashioned murder evasion weekend. You know, just let's evade a murderer this weekend. It's gonna be a great time. So we want to know for this week's Christmas week, y'all, y'all's worst or I don't know, most awkward, most memorable, whatever family trip stories, whether a road trip or family vacation and something like that. Uh, your craziest stories that happened. It's happened to all of us. We've all got memories. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast, or you can answer wherever you see this, the question of the week posted. Now, Cameron, I don't want to alarm anyone. Did anyone else just notice a goat walk on two legs right behind Cameron in that window? <laughs> like he just walked right by like a human. What's it was scary very is weird. this window is a second floor window because the mountains like going <laughs> straight down. So that's, even more that window. that's even more concerning that yeah. the upright goat. <laughs> if a goat is <laughs> levitating by my window. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank John Mark McMillan for joining us today. Make sure to check out his new EP, 
Has it been you? It's out now. It's fantastic. You don't want to miss it. Also, make sure to check out the fall issue of Relevant. It's out now. It's available at relevantmagazine.com. Just click on the magazine tab there and you can read all 15 of the full-length features for free, ad-free. Thanks to our friends at UHSM. They're presenting the issue. Um, also, while you're at the site, make sure to head over to the faith section and check out the daily Deeper Walk devotional presented by Lumo. It's a great way to start your weekdays. You can sign up for a news, um, an email to show up in your inbox, or you can head, head over to the site and check it out there as well. Uh, one new thing I wanted to mention is uh, we're bringing it back, or we brought it back uh, for years. Longtime listeners will know that we had a Spotify playlist called Heard on the Relevant Podcast. And then about a year and a half ago, it went silent. Guess what? We've cleaned out all the seven, eight, ten, three-year-old music and have been adding all the stuff you've been hearing over the last oh, month and a half or two months here on The Relevant Podcast. Uh, go check it out. It's the Heard on The Relevant Podcast on Spotify. It's updated every week. We'll drop all these transition songs that you've been hearing onto the playlist. Uh, it's really good. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm praying for Cameron. Thank you. I appreciate it, Eric. All right. We will see you on Tuesday, hopefully. Uh, have a good weekend, everyone. Be safe out there. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. wasn't a scarecrow in that apple orchard earlier today, was there? Relevant Podcast Network.